we are a trauma-soaked industry. When we ask people questions about, have you covered car accidents? Have you covered murders? Have you covered natural disasters? Overwhelmingly, uh, people have covered these and not, not just in the course of a full career, but repeatedly over and over, this is the kind of fodder for our, for our business. Veteran CBC journalist Dave Seglins is one of the authors of a 2022 report on mental health and well-being in the Canadian media space, a study revealing alarming levels of burnout, anxiety, depression, and trauma exposure within the industry. The Canadian Journalism Forum on Violence and Trauma, the Canadian Association of Journalists, and the Carleton University School of Journalism are hosting a special series of online forums tackling the critical issue of the mental health and well-being of those in the news industry. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, we welcome Dave Siglins to talk about his ongoing work to enact a culture shift in newsrooms to improve mental health across the industry. Hi, I'm Dave Seglins. I am a 25-year and a bit veteran of CBC News. And I got into this business in part because of a childhood love of radio and listening to the radio and the world that it brought into our home and our dining room table and listening to some of the greats of broadcast journalism. And I think about Barbara Frum and the program as it happens on CBC. And and I fell in love with radio and it it sort of informed me about our country and our world and our history and our politics. And that's kind of what, what got me initially interested. Uh, I spent a lot of years in university studying Canadian history, finally got into journalism and have worked through CBC radio, CBC television, digital, worked as an investigative journalist and Oddly, and much to my own surprise, uh, in the last two or three years, I've shifted focus out of frontline journalism into working on well-being and mental health within the news industry um, because of my journey. And we can talk a bit, a bit about that, but that's me. That was my next question, Dave, was at what point did you become interested in the idea of well-being within the field? And, and is it based on your own lived experience? Well, of course it is. You know, I got interested in well-being when there were days that I couldn't pull myself out of bed because I didn't want to go to work because not another day of, you know, covering a horrible trial or, you know, covering stories about human suffering and and, and that sort of thing. I, I, I became, over years of being a frontline, you know, crime and courts reporter, uh, really fatigued, I guess, by by covering so much what is trauma, vicarious trauma. And, and so that always sort of stuck with me that, you know, working in this business has a residue on your psyche. And, you know, for a lot of years, I thought, oh, it's just me. You know, I'm, I'm the one who doesn't, you know, I don't have what it takes. Maybe I'm weak. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not cut out for this. But at the same time, I loved the job. I loved the profession. And I think I'm good at it. And I thought to myself, 
uh, you know, a couple of years ago, it was kind of heading into as we were as the pandemic was beginning and everyone was talking about mental health and isn't this hard and what are journalists going to do? Here we are not only reporting on a pandemic that's killing people, but we're living through it and we have all our, our own anxieties. Anyway, I, I put a lot of those pieces together from my own past and history, but also to what I was seeing within my own newsrooms, within my own industry, the kind of level of stress and worry and anxiety. And I went to my bosses at CBC and I said, you know what, we, we need to do something for the mental health and well-being of our people. And they said, great, can you teach a course? And I went, well, what the heck do I know about it um, beyond my lived experience? And so that was a beginning point where I, I went to school. I took some courses on mental health and trauma, and I took a fellowship at the DART Center for Journalism and Trauma at Columbia University uh, to learn about how the stresses of our job, how the constant exposure to you know, horrible imagery, stories about human suffering, all of these kinds of things, how they affect journalists. And it led me down a path of research, now teaching and education. And, you know, I like to joke, but I'm I'm a bit of an evangelist within the industry, trying to open up conversation and trying to create a more sort of positive and proactive approach to anticipating the, the difficulties of our job to try to make it better, more healthy, more sustainable for our people. I think before we get into talking about the upcoming web series, we should go back to the Taking Care report that you produced in 2022, which overwhelmingly found that journalists are suffering disturbingly high levels of anxiety, depression, and burnout. I had my experience. I knew lots of other people. You know, we all journalists like to get together after work and, you know, go pound a few pints and talk about how, you know, this was a rough day or this is driving me mad or what have you. But it was all at the level of anecdote. And when I started this work, I thought, you know, where is the data? Where are the studies of our industry within journalism and the news profession that assess us systematically. And the truth of the matter is there aren't many large scale studies. And so that was the point where I thought, okay, we got to correct that because we have to move from just anecdotes about people, you know, having one-off kind of situations to trying to understand what's going on with our people. So I partnered with Matthew Pearson, who was a new assistant professor at Carleton University, who's done some study of trauma himself, uh, a veteran journalist. And we decided to launch a national survey, and we call it the Taking Care Survey. I was astounded. We got more than 1,200 media professionals, and it wasn't just like frontline reporters and camera operators, but it was everybody from video editors to control room operators to media librarians, as well as those frontline positions. And from 1,200 responses, uh, of which 900 spent it filled out every single question of a 20-minute survey, which for journalists, trying to organize events for journalists and get journalists to participate, we always joke it's like herding cats. Well, that response rate was phenomenal. So number one, we have a big data set. Then we went to the business of, okay, what does this data tell us? And we, we asked a whole series of questions about exposure to trauma, but also people's medical histories about how, how many of you have had 
things like anxiety or depression or burnout related to your work. And the numbers were staggering. I'll, I'll rhyme off a few. I mean, first off, we are a trauma-soaked industry. When we ask people questions about, have you covered car accidents? Have you covered murders? Have you covered natural disasters? Overwhelmingly, uh, people have covered these, and not not just in the course of a full career, but repeatedly over and over. This is the kind of fodder for our for our business. So then, as a result of covering those kinds of traumatic stories, have you f- suffered anything like burnout, anxiety, depression? Well. of respondents said they felt burned out from the level of trauma exposure. 28% say they have been diagnosed with anxiety by a doctor. That's almost 10 times the national average of people diagnosed with anxiety. 21% of news professionals in response to our survey reported depression diagnosed by a doctor. That's about five times the national average. So the, some of these numbers really point to people really struggling and suffering and being affected by the work that we do. Now, that's the bad news. There was also some really good news in this. People love working in this profession. 50% report job satisfaction of good or excellent, and another 30% say it's fair. So that's that means that 80% of us kind of like our jobs. The problem is when we say, okay, you love your job, but how, what percentage of you, you know, think your well-being on the job is good or excellent? And only a quarter of us do. So there's a big gap between loving our jobs, but our jobs not necessarily loving us, and us trying to find as an industry better practices to, again, make it a healthier, more sustainable profession. I think that there are a lot of people who that statement is going to resonate with that the the job doesn't love you back. I've been very open about my own burnout on some of the episodes of this podcast that we've recorded over the years. There's also a lot of risk behaviors that come with all of this stress. Can you talk about some of those? For sure. I mean, I can speak about my own anecdotal uh, you know, what did I used to do to deal with my stress? Well, I used to drink alcohol and sometimes to excess. So I was medicating my stress. And when we asked questions in our taking care survey, we used a, a little, it, it's a methodology that it's a, it's a quick diagnosis for problem drinking behavior that is used by emergency room professionals and that sort of stuff. It's not, you know, it's not scientific in, in, but it's, it's a diagnostic tool to say, yes, you, you've, fit the high risk criteria? Well, the answers from our 1,200 media workers across Canada in response to the taking care survey uh, show that we have pronounced three, four times the national average of problem drinking among our profession. And so that just as a measure uh, in terms of risk behaviors and and sort of self-defeating behaviors uh, in response to the stress, is it's a measure of where we're at. In the current workforce, with all of the precarious part-time work, but also a lot of precarity around people not feeling secure in their employment, is there any indication of how that's heightening stress and depression? We know that job insecurity, temporary employment, freelance employment is a huge stressor, identified as being one of the things that are driving these other sort of conditions of anxiety and depression. It's a contributing factor for sure. The degree to which it's it's kind of hard to measure. 
But we know, I mean, the industry is going through significant downsizing, significant readjustment. One of the measures, and this doesn't come from the Taking Care Report, but it comes from my work speaking with other news organizations, including at CBC, we have problems with attracting new and young talent and retaining them because people are getting into this industry. They are burning out very quickly. They're looking at their job prospects. They're looking at the lack of commitment to long-term sustainable jobs and say, thanks, but no thanks. You know, um, there was a time in the in the 13 channel universe where everybody wanted to be on TV and everybody was willing to work those midnights and and move to remote locations to cut their teeth and and make really poor money because those were the only options. Well, in the gazillion URL universe of of endless information on the Internet and through social media, the opportunities for people working in communications and journalism are far greater. And so traditional news media are having a struggle attracting talent in part because number one is stressful, hard work and the pay isn't great, but also because the industry isn't, I mean, is still relying to a large uh, degree on a lot of contract and casual or temporary employment. And, and it, it is a huge stressor, and I think it's starting to be a big problem for those responsible for, you know, filling jobs when they just can't find the people willing to, to, to work some of these jobs. Do you want to talk about the upcoming online series, Dave? How did this come about? Absolutely. Uh, this series of five uh, industry discussions, there are opportunities for us to sort of pause for a little bit, you know, because we seldom have enough time in our days to stop and think critically about our profession, but it's basically to carve out time and space to talk about some major themes. Where it comes from is when we did the Taking Care survey and report, we tabled a, a report in May of 2022, published it, and we thought, let's get a, a national roundtable together. And we got 50 leaders from journalism and, and news from across Canada together in Ottawa for a two-day session. We had all sorts of great discussions and we identified five key themes that we think uh, are crucial to improving the health and well-being within our industry. And we started some working groups around this. And this is this is actually what's what's formed the basis for these five separate discussions. We decided as a as a fallout from the whole taking care project, let's hold five different discussions. Let's try to open it up to uh, people across Canada, but also to colleagues, you know, across North America and around the world, if time zones permit. So the five themes, teaching trauma awareness. One of the things the Taking Care Survey told us is that trauma awareness is not taught in most journalism schools or programs, and lots of people don't get any kind of training on it when they wind up working in the news media. We have another session that talks about managing difficult stories, and there are things that we can be doing proactively to plan for when we're covering big trauma stories, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of how we can be more proactive to help protect our people. Then we've got a session on peer support. We've got a session on the roller coaster ride of that temporary work, freelance and, and temp work, managing the ups and downs. 
And then in February, uh, we're going to hold a session on inclusion and well-being and the intersection between representing and encouraging belonging across a spectrum of media professionals and how diversity, equity, and inclusion fosters a, a, a sense of well-being uh, and, and the challenges in terms of getting rid of discrimination and the challenges of ensuring diverse workforces and how that's kind of instrumental in creating and fostering a healthy newsroom culture. Is this series targeted more at the management level or, or is it for everybody? I think it's for everybody because ultimately the solutions have to come from everybody. In my work, so important that we find space to talk about, you know, what are the issues that we're confronting? But ultimately, it is leadership and it is editorial leaders and the assignment desks and the and the newsroom leaders and the HR folks who really need to get engaged on the trauma issues confronting so many of our people, the difficulty and the strains and stresses that covering the news, which is usually bad, that it has on our people, and trying to find protocols and best practices on how newsrooms assign stories, how they check in with people, the kinds of programs and supports that we have, whether it's counseling, whether it's uh, peer support, these things require leadership. And the truth of the matter is, most of the leaders, and you know, I count myself among you know, lead a leader within a, within a news environment. We didn't get this training. We came to this profession, like I said right off the top, because we love the media. We love the public discourse and the discussion and 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 covering stories and 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 all of that. Nowhere in our journeys did we anticipate having to become the best people managers, or did we anticipate having to become really good at thinking about mental health and trauma exposure on the job. And so no one has a solution that is singular that's going to that's going to fix all of this. But what I do think we have is an opportunity for discussion and for helping inform leadership so that each newsroom to their own, you know, abilities and talents uh, can can adopt and can begin to change the way we approach some of these things. So it's not just the, you know, this is the business, suck it up. If you don't like it, leave, which has been part of the culture for a lot of the years that I've, I've been in the business. So that's a very long answer to say, we invite everybody, but one of the things that I hope will come out of it are lessons for leaders within the news industry that they can begin to implement in their own newsrooms and, and shops. I think you're spot on, Dave, because I see this as being about changing the culture of having to toughen up and push through. Are there signs of movement in some newsrooms on this? I think so. I mean, I'm I'm really proud of what we're doing here at CBC. We have a new trauma assignment protocol that we are bringing in so that when big stories happen, disasters, mass shootings or, you know, the really horrible stuff that sometimes we get scrambled to, that we have a more methodical way of, okay, before we send people out the door, let's think about the trauma load that people have already been on. Do we want to make sure that the team that's going to be on the ground is the best suited for this? And it involves opening up conversations with people and saying, hey, this is going to be difficult. How do you feel about covering this? And being prepared if somebody says, you know what, I'm really not up for this 
finding ways to work around that. So number one, I see change within CBC happening, but I also see it elsewhere and I see a great appetite. And I also think that there is a newer generation of journalists that have grown up with very different understandings and a greater comfort level talking about mental health and well-being. And so I actually think that generational change is bringing about a shift in culture and a challenge where it's no longer okay to say, you know, like, this is just a suck it up industry and you're either in or out. And the newer people uh, coming into the industry are like, forget that. There, There is another path between, you know, suck it up versus you've got to leave. And that is, let's do this in a healthier way. And so uh, I, I think... I think there are all sorts of indications that change is slowly taking hold. But as you say, it is a culture shift and culture shift is going to take uh, a while. And and the way it's going to start, I hope, is through conversation. And that's that's the whole point of of what we're trying to uh, to accomplish by holding some of these uh, industry discussions. I was having a conversation with a former colleague just yesterday because she knows she's burning out, but she's not quite ready to meaningfully address it. And there, I know there are going to be others listening to this in the same position who might need some tools to help them navigate. What's your best advice to those people who are struggling or know they're on the cusp of it in terms of taking that next step? Wow, that's so, it's so individual and it's hard to, you know, say because everyone's coming from a different vantage point, different life experience. If the work is getting to you, then number one, think about taking a pause. But also I actually think that just finding space and places and colleagues to talk about some of this is incredibly helpful. I mean, talk therapy is just based on people being able to put words around the kinds of stresses and life challenges. And I actually think that there's there's something therapeutic, making sure that you've got other colleagues around you that you can bounce things off of and be able to sort of commiserate. I mean, we already have a culture of that And it's not always a positive culture where, you know, people head out to the bar and have a few drinks after work. And But the social bond there is so important. So ask yourself, if you're struggling working within the news profession, do you have colleagues? Do you have friends? And, you know, your family probably doesn't want to hear about the kinds of things that we cover in our profession. You kind of need people who know and understand it. The best thing you can do is is find those colleagues. And if you can't find them through sort of informal channels, consider formal therapy. Go to a doctor, get referral to a psychologist or a social worker. Hopefully, and not all news organizations, and particularly freelancers, don't have the benefits, but most news organizations have a level of coverage for psychological counseling. And it's not because you're broken. It's actually strength that you are going to go and talk through the issues that are are perplexing you and that are affecting your, you know, happiness level at work. I can't say enough about the importance of talk therapy. I mean, I know in my own experience as a journalist, I developed PTSD back in 2010 covering a terrible case, and it was a lifesaver. What I've learned since then in, in this well-being champion work that I do is that talk therapy is actually very, it's proven in, and it's not a life on the couch. It's, you know, in short, dedicated spurts, 
has a great level and high degree of efficacy for news professionals who are suffering burnout, who are suffering from exposure to really difficult stories. It's really helpful in short stints. So talking to people, be it professional or colleagues, is probably my number one best bit of advice. Getting sleep, getting exercise, all the things that we know are good for us, but that we don't always feel like doing when we're not feeling great. Those two are great stress relievers that will help us sort of get some critical distance, get some uh, processing of all the things that we go through in a, in a busy news cycle. Registration is free for the taking care in news discussions. Do you want to plug how people can sign up? Do I ever. We're really grateful that this series is being supported by the Canadian Association of Journalists, Carleton University, and the Canadian Journalism Forum on Violence and Trauma. So there's a very simple web address where you can find out more information about these five events. It's journalismforum.ca slash events. And you can find out all the information there. And there's a button to register. These are one-hour sessions via Zoom. They're generally midday, but one of them on peer support is going to be earlier in the morning Eastern time. That's to accommodate some of our guests from the UK because the BBC and others in the UK are doing some exciting work around peer support. So anyway, have a look. Check out journalismforum.ca slash events. And uh, we look forward to having people join. Is there a thought you'd like to close on, Dave? You know, doing this work... There's a lot of focus on the negative, which is the results of burnout, seeing colleagues who are struggling, not always loving their work. But we cannot forget the large proportion of news professionals and journalists who remind us in the taking care survey, we really love this profession. And what we do is important. You know, we're truth tellers. We hold power to account. We play such a vital role in a democracy. And so as much as the talk around mental health within our industry can be really discouraging, I also take comfort and I'm grateful that, look, here we are having this conversation in 2024, where I would say probably a decade ago, we might not be having this conversation. This is progress towards making our beloved industry healthier and more sustainable. And so I try to I try to maintain my optimism uh, to say that culture change is possible, changing the discussion through literacy. And I'm really grateful that you've invited this conversation. It is possible. It's slow work, but it's really rewarding because what we do is important. And the people who drive our profession are passionate and skilled and talented and vital to our democracy. And so if we can find ways to uh, to reduce the, the risks and the negative parts of working in a stressful industry, then all the better that we can uh, enjoy our jobs that much more. Thank you so much for joining us, Dave. Thanks, Connie. listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud.
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.